Hey everybody, welcome back to Art Life, the podcast. This is John Bishop with John Bishop Fine Arts. Welcome back to the show. Um, had a pretty busy week. In fact, it was kind of biblical. <laughs> we were trying desperately to get everything. You know, we had this big event with uh, Rosa Ana Orlando. She came and spoke to a group of our collectors. Golly, a week ago Saturday. That seems like such a short time ago. And then subsequent to that, we had a big reception at the kind of uh, a, uh, it's not really the end of the exhibition, but it's kind of middle of the exhibition. It was the first chance we had to have a, uh, a reception for our home show at um, Tenet, it's a Tenet exhibition going on at Silver Street Studios until, until uh, mid-February. And so we had to get ready for that, and there was catering, and, and had just to get everything ready for that party, as well as our second Saturday, where all the studios were open on the second and third Saturdays. And so um, it was a very, very busy week. And of course, the whole time that was going on, Bogdan was getting ready to go to Romania. Uh, so I can I can assure you it was quite a I don't know, it was stressful but in a busy sense it wasn't nothing really negative um, so anyway made it through and I'm happy to report that the reception went really well Bogdan got off to Romania safely and uh, oh yes we also had our big board retreat for Arepa Arte and so that happened as well so yeah it was it was quite the ambitious week now. The dust has settled, and I feel like I can relax a bit. Uh, and then, of course, the moment I did start to relax a bit, we had the polar vortex dip down and freeze everybody out. Now, I know there were a lot of people who suffered greatly, uh, much more than we. But you have to realize, in South Texas, we're not built for the cold. And so, as would be expected. Um, I drained all my pipes on Sunday evening and um, they froze anyway. So there's some water that remains in the in the system. I didn't know that until today. I had to go three days without a shower, without any running water. With You know, I had to limit my use of toilets and uh, just, it's all glamour around here. But today, we got above freezing and I turned the water back on and it still didn't come on. So there was a blockage somewhere. And of course, you don't know if that means that the pipes, there's obviously a frozen pipe, but whether or not that pipe is burst uh, and will start shooting out water when it thaws. So I had to wait until about four o'clock this afternoon before the pipe finally thawed enough to let the water pressure come back and it looks as though, knock wood, there aren't any leaks. And I was able to take a shower and you wouldn't believe it. I know you can't appreciate this from, from a recording, but um, I smell great for the first time in several days. So I'm delighted about that. So I survived the great freeze of 2024. Hopefully it's the only one we'll have. Um, so it has been quite a hectic several days. Um, but the good news is that the book, the book that we told you about when Rosa Ana was coming, the one that was kind of 
born from the conversations that we had with our collectors about what their needs were and how they collected art. Well, that book is out. It is finally ready. I have posted it on the website, johnbishopfineart.com. And if you go there, you'll see you can download a free version, a free copy of a PDF copy of that book. Uh, as a gift to you guys, what I ask is that you give me your uh, your email so that I can add you to our newsletter, uh, which of course you can unsubscribe at any time. But uh, it is free for downloads for anyone who wants it. And I would really appreciate any feedback you could give me because we haven't done this before. And um, yeah, I mean, the whole idea of the the book was to create some sort of dialogue with collectors and and some sort of conversation from the point of view of an artist. I mean, we saw Rosa Ana uh, Orlando when she came, she provided us with the point of view of a professional um, art curator, art uh, advisor, uh, with a lot of academic background and professional acumen. Uh, but this is from the point of view of an artist, from Bogdan and my point of view. And so we looked at the same kind of topics, but from from our standpoint and, and from our with our voice, if you will. So that was good. That is now available. It's online. We have also ordered some print copies of the book. And of course, Murphy's Law, they're not in yet. Uh, we looked last week thinking that uh, they would be in. Uh, last week and we saw that in the fine print no actually they were being shipped last week they wouldn't be here until this week um, you may remember when we were talking about goals and objectives that what we've done is we've we've mapped out the entire year week by week with which topics we're going to undertake and what we're going to talk about in these podcasts and in the blogs and blogs and in the newsletters and in the in the blogs, uh, where all the content that we put out. And last week was supposed was supposed to be uh, the launch of the book. Well, that didn't happen. And so we just swapped some things around. And this week we're talking about the launch of the new book. And I'm very, very excited about it because it kind of marks for us the real seed change we have in approaching our business. We, for the longest time, have been trying to market to other artists, and of course, we still wanna do that. But really, the way to grow this business is not to invoke other artists who have their own difficulties of making money, and, and it's not gonna pay the bills. And so if we're not gonna to speak to artists, we should be speaking to our collectors. And so this book was really an effort to kind of change that dynamic and and really start to, to approach that audience on a, on a different term than we had in the past. Um, and, and hopefully it will cause conversations and build some relationships that uh, when these collectors have concerns, they will see us as a partner uh, and not just as a vendor, if that makes sense. That, that, uh, that we're not just someone they patronize and give money to. 
that were actually part of their strategy for collecting art. I just think it was a much healthier attitude to take. Uh, and, and we have to make some changes. I mean, we're looking at, we're looking at the fact that we've been in this studio for what, four or five years now? Yeah, almost five years. And when we first arrived at Silver Street, we, you know, we're open every second Saturday. And every second Saturday, the people in the building made enough money from that one day sales to at least pay for their rent for the rest, for the next month, or for the rest, for the month. And that happened when we first got here. Uh, then COVID, and uh, I don't believe, oh man, if we've made our rent maybe once or twice since in the last three, four years, it, it's, it's really changed the demographic. Now, a lot of that is not to do with the pandemic because I think a lot, most everybody is back and maybe spending isn't back to where it was, but people are venturing out again. I, I do believe the real issue where we are is that there's been a great deal of development in the, in the neighborhood. They're building a lot of townhomes and apartments. And so the, the age has skewed younger now than it was four or five years ago uh, to a huge degree. And kind of responding to that, the developers who own our building have put in a couple of breweries and, and, and there's just a whole lot else for people to be doing rather than just coming and looking for art. And, and art, collecting art, I believe, is, is one of those generational things or, or cyclical things. When I was a librarian, we knew that you brought your kids to the library when they were young to help them learn to read and to take advantage of the many storybooks and things like that. And kids go through books very quickly because they're very simple and short. Uh, so when you're, when you're young, you spend a lot of time in the library. And then you go to school. And so your, the library became a place where you did your homework, where you got special information to help you do your homework. And it's part of your education. Uh, and then largely you went away. Once you graduated from, from uh, high school or from college, um, we stopped seeing those people until one of two things. Either they got their first job and they were panicked how to write a resume, how to do an interview, what to do, how to, how to, <laughs> how to look competent at their new job or probably even more importantly, when they had their first baby, because nobody knows what to do and they're panicked and they wanna be the best possible parents. And so we would get people at that age. Then we don't see them again until their kids kind of get old enough to need the storybooks and things like that. And then you realize that they kind of disappear again as those kids grow older and uh, and then they come back. They come back, oh, probably prior to, to the kids, they come back for around their weddings as well, because that's a big planning phase, buying that first house and things like that. There was a lot of research needed back then. And then we kind of move away from the library until people are 
ready to retire. And then they would start to be looking for ways to invest their money and how to, how to retire, things to do in their, their retirement, hobbies, things like that. And then unfortunately, as they, people grow older, it might be because they have illnesses that they need to research and things like that. Or after they retire, they have a lot of free time and they want to go back and enjoy the, the reading and things. Now, obviously libraries have changed a lot since I started. Because when, when I started, that was prior to the internet and yeah, things have obviously changed a lot. But the idea that there are cycles that people go through, I think correlate to art collection as well. That when you're young, in your 20s, even some of these people seem to have a lot of money, they have good sound jobs, they, they're spending their money on a new car, on good clothes because they're professionals and they need to look good. They might need to travel. They might need to get rid of that college furniture. So they're buying all new furniture for these new houses or new condos they're buying. They're starting to live a life of, of exterior uh, focus, um, socializing with friends, things like that. So they go to the breweries, they go to the restaurants and the, and the clubs. And they're really not collecting art yet. That doesn't mean they don't appreciate art or like art, it just means that they're not really in the point where they're collecting. And then there's some point, 30s probably, after the kids are born and after the kids are not tearing up the house, that people start to invest in their own surrounding, their own cocoon. And hopefully they're starting to think about purchasing original art versus reproduction pieces. And so it occurred to me that as we need to make this kind of paradigm shift, because we're not getting the people who are coming in dropping big money on fine art, uh, on original fine art, that we need to kind of address a different generation. And so I've been looking a lot at, at younger folks, uh, people who are, uh, who have apparent thriving art community, uh, art, what, businesses. Uh, I look, 1000 is one. Uh, uh, SLU is another. Uh, these guys I follow on, on YouTube and they're basically um, graffiti artists, muralists, things like that. And they have developed a following from that. But in both cases, what they are indicating, and I've heard this before, I think Waylon says the same thing, the guy that does all the whales and uh, uh, sea life, is that, um, and I, I actually heard this from a, a vendor in uh, Round Top, Texas as well, that a real change in an art career happens when you realize that you're not selling originals for a business. That's not the impetus of your business. That if you have a $2,000 painting, that if you start to create prints of that at a much lower price, you will sell more. So the, the gentleman in Round Top, he told me that he has a painting of a longhorn cow and he had that for sale for $2,000 and he sold it. Yay, that feels good. 
So he sold the original for $2,000, but he started making prints of that because he had a good photograph of it and in various sizes and not just on paper, but also on canvas and on, on coffee cups and on t-shirts. And from his prints, he made $40,000 on that one image that he paid $2,000, uh, he was, he earned $2,000 off the original. Had he not done that, he would have had $2,000. <laughs> now he has $42,000. It just makes sense, but there's so much infrastructure involved that it's really gonna change the way we do business. Um, so yeah, this book is, is an important part of that change and uh, I've already looked into maybe not going to an art show this next year, but maybe going to the Kamakpalusa here in, in Houston. Maybe a booth there with prints uh, would be more lucrative than going to a fancy art fair. Just, just a word out. We'll see how it develops. Again, Bogdan is in Romania. He is doing some dental work and things like that. He's got to be there for three weeks. And while he's there, he's going to be interviewing artists um, for Arepa Arte. We're going to go ahead with our gala in March. And um, so he's going to be gathering video interviews so that we can create video content to make kind of introduce people to the Romanian artists that we're meeting, as well as uh, gather some art to sell at an auction. So he's going to be busy in Romania uh, for the next three weeks. Uh, we did have our big uh, ARIPA board meeting and we did decide to move ahead. Even though we don't have our 501c3 status yet, uh, we know that it's coming. And so we're going we're gonna to bet against that March date. If it's not there by then, we'll just be really upfront with people saying, please donate what you can. You can't deduct it from your taxes yet, but you can as soon as we get our 501c3. So that's happening as well. Um, yeah, so it's, it's, it's a really exciting time. I feel good about our goals and objectives and the fact that we have a plan. I do think that's gonna help me in the long run. Um, this is only week three of the year and already my plan got turned on top of its head. But because I had a plan, I was able to kind of maneuver and change things around and, and still kind of appreciate uh, what's important and what has to happen. So I, I think that was a really, really good bit. I, I have a piece of paper here to draw and I haven't drawn a thing. I got so busy talking. But anyway, I hope you guys are having a wonderful week. I hope you survived the Arctic blasts and that uh, you're staying creative this week. And until next week then, I'm going to let it go. Have a great week, and I'll talk to you very soon. Bye now.